Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Well, greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve, where we promise you, you give us a little bit of your time and we will shorten your learning curve by days, weeks, months, even years, because we have people on here, meaning the founders of Extreme Ag, like Kevin Matthews, who's joining me today, who have been there and done that. They are trialing new products, they are doing new practices, and they are doing stuff on their farms that you can apply on your farm and learn from their mistakes as well as their successes. Talking right now about fertility alternatives in the face of higher priced fertilization. You know, unless you uh, have not been paying attention to anything for the last several months, uh, you probably know that input prices for agriculture are going to be possibly through the roof in 2022. You're talking about herbicides, fungicides, insecticides, and also fertility products. Really got a big run on them. We've got lack of production. We've got the supply chain stuff. You've heard all this. What are your alternatives? Well, it turns out you might have some alternatives you hadn't even considered, meaning using a different type of fertilization program. And that's what Kevin is going to share with you today, how you can still get all of the necessary nutrients in your soil to produce a record crop and maintain your huge bottom line by doing so with more cost, uh, uh, shall we say, cost-friendly fertilizer alternatives. Okay, Kevin, talk to me. You were in Alabama last week, two weeks ago, and you were speaking at an agricultural conference and you brought up something to a guy He's like, what? You gave him an alternative to what he just thought he could do in ways of, in way of fertility. So what's going on? I mean, there's, there's other ways to get out there and make sure that you got the necessary nutrients in the soil and you're helping people learn this. Talk to me. Yeah. So we, you know, traditionally you have your, uh, your dry fertilized products, you have a blended fertilized and ammoniated. Uh, the ammoniated takes all the ingredients and kind of encapsulated into one prel. Whereas you're blended, you would take your dap and potash and whatever other ingredients you have and just put it in a drum, blend it up. And that's what you spread out on your property. But the um, the cost of these dry products has gotten astronomical, as well as the you know our nitrogen products, uh, whether it's liquid urea, liquid nitrogen or urea or whatnot. And availability is another huge thing, Damien. I mean, you, you may you may say, hey, I'm going to just bite the bullet and pay that price per ton. Well, you, you may not be able to get that ton. So yeah, that's the like, thing. It's not even just that it's costly. We're still hearing that there's fertilizer uh, you know, terminals and facilities that they're not sitting on the product right now here as we record this in winter that you're like, okay, we assume it's going to be there come March when we want it or April, but is it? You're correct. That's that's a big deal. Uh, I was speaking with one of the main buyers from my hair and fertilizer, and he was telling me how many vessels that they hoped they would have in route and when they should arrive. And yeah, he's, he's nervous. He says, you know, we're going to look after the customers that's been with us. But he says, you know, we're not going to have nothing extra to play with. And it's 
probably going to be a logistic nightmare. Um, so, you know, what, what options do we have out there? When I look at the price increases that we've seen over 2020 into 2021 as a farmer sitting here at the desk in December right before Christmas, and um, we get, you know, orthophosphates, you know, is something that we use heavily in our farm as a liquid form. Some call it a food grade type fertilizer. It's a very clear, very, very clean, safe product that you can put in the trench near the seed. Uh, you can put in a tube of two, but it's sold by the gallon. And, and you know, everybody buys product by the ton and they hear that tonnage price and it just scares the heck out of them as it did me years ago till I learned more about it. So you got your polyphosphates, like your W37O liquids, your 1034Os. Then you have your um, your orthophosphates. And ironically, the orthos, which is something we've switched to several years ago because it is such a safe and it's, it's organically, it's readily available to the plant when it goes into soil. It doesn't have to convert to organic uh, like a poly product does. It's only up 12 to 16% over 2020. One and so year on year, we're only up, you know, roughly 12 to 16 percent. And the beauty here at Extreme Ag is we've got to work with agri liquids and nature's and um, ag explorers, several, several different companies. And uh, and then uh, on my farm, I do, I do work with Yield Plus, different ones, um, outside of the Extreme Ag family. And they got some really good products and. So you say, but yeah, is it going to get enough nutrients there just to suffice that plant throughout the growing season? Right. Our, our soybean program, we use a, um, we've used the nature's triple option program. And then we've got a program that we use from uh, Yule Plus as well. The triple option is a premix that has done extremely well on our soybeans and corn that nature's has. And <clears throat> It is, we'll run about eight gallons of it. And you're talking the cost of about, you know, depending on your location, your freight changes it, but we'll just use $7. And that's very on the high side, $7 a gallon. So you're talking $56 an acre. And we'll put it on a two inch band on each side of the row of our soybean. That is our total fertility for that soybean plant. And that's pretty daggone good money right there. You just know. said that now for, for, for all of the concern about how we're going to break the bank on, on fertilization, you just said that, and this was 2021 or is this projecting 2022 numbers, Kevin? Projecting 2022 prices. Projecting 2022 prices, you're going to use $56 per acre, and that's going to be the entirety of fertilization for your soybean acres, 56 bucks an acre. Yes, sir. And that's using a nature's triple option product. And what else? That would be it. And uh, now I have another product real similar to that from Yield Plus I use as well. Um, and they make a, for our different soil types, they'll specialize it how I want it made. And nature's and agri-liquids do the same thing. They, all these companies, they'll, they'll specialize it to, if they can, if it makes sense to them. And you're talking 56 bucks an acre which, you know, that's more than five bucks, but you're talking about that's all the fertilization you're going to need. So 56 bucks an acre on a, uh, on a, on a soybean acre, uh, what are we talking about? Uh, cost of production for a cost for a soybean acre is, is that 500 bucks? 
Uh, no, well, we won't talk land rent because that's where the, um, nobody, you know, that wouldn't be fair to compare land rents across the United States. But you'd, total cost on soybean production, I'd say you'd be looking 300 and 300 bucks an acre total cost. Yeah. It'd be in there. The, you know, one thing people say, yeah, what kind of yield am I going to get? The first 326 acres we harvested this year, we had a 93, 94 bushel average on soybeans. So there's enough fertility there to handle a 94 bushel crop, I know for a fact. Yeah, so so we're not talking about short changing this. We're not no, short, no, talking about no, short no, changing no, this product. No. And then on your like on corn, so we'll talk about corn a minute. So you can take a orthophosphate like a three eighteen eighteen type fertilizer, or uh, and and everybody's got different blends that they make that are really really good. And it's liquid, uh, so you'd have to have tanks out on your planters and tractors. But that product there traditionally. Uh, I've always been told you can figure, um, you know, 20 bushels per gallon. If, if you use a gallon of 318.18, you can, you'll have enough uh, nutrient there for uh, 20 bushels. Now you've also got to add your nitrogen. This doesn't count nitrogen. This is just your P and K. Um, some say that it covers nitrogen, but I had not proved that on my farm. So there's no way I'm going to tell it out here on the radio or podcast or whatever. But, um, so you can really cut out right there. That that's very, very efficient. You say, so let's say it's seven dollars a gallon, and then you use 10 gallons an acre for a 200 bushel corn crop. That's 70 dollars an acre. Well, you still got to buy your nitrogen, but that's that's a big difference than buying that and potash and you know, yeah. So yeah, I mean compared to what options out there. Compared to what we're hearing, 70 bucks an acre doesn't seem all that bad on a on a cost of production on a bushel on an acre of corn, which you know that's again, it. that's P and K. That's not counting your nitrogen. You know. Yeah, now let's talk about nit- some of us call it nitrogen. M- Mr. Kelly Garrett likes to pick on you because you call it nitrogen. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about nitrogen. <laughs> how, how what are we doing? What is there any way around spending uh, excessive money on nitrogen? Well, Probably not. Yes, there is. Uh, There really is. Um, uh, Timing of that nitrogen, you need to you need to spread it out. You don't need to be dumping it all out at one time. You need to spoon feed it out and know when your know your crop demands. When's that corn crop going to want that nitrogen the most? And put it out then. That way, you're taking less chance of leaching and volatilization. But so for four years now, Damien. Uh, four years we've been experimenting uh, doing test plots for a company called uh, Pivot Bio is the company and their product is proven. I'm not doing a sales pitch for proven. I'm going to tell you the facts, what I've seen in four years. The first, the first two years, the original product, the first year we've seen a negative yield response from it. The second year we've seen no yield response from it. Then they brought an experimental trial and we tried it that same year and we seen a yield response, but we was questioning because what we seen the first two years is this stuff really going to work. And um, so last in 2020 and 2021, we said, okay, we're going to use the exact same field so that we don't have to worry about variabilities and and different things and can't say well this it was a fluke or whatnot we we want to do repeatability that's what we want 
So in 2020, we've seen uh, roughly a, um, uh, I believe it was a 11 bushel yield increase using that product. And this so is a product then, called Proven? Proven. It's Proven 40 now. It didn't have a name then. It's Proven 40. And Proven name. 40 is made by, by Pivot Bio. Pivot Bio. And what's it do? It is a bio. It's, it actually kind of makes nitrogen available in your soils that your plant can metabolize. Yeah. And the corn plant can take it up easier. It, it's kind of freaky in a way, the, you know, when you think about what they're doing. And so they wanted us to reduce the nitrogen. Yep. And uh, I did not do it in 2020 because I honestly didn't feel like it. I knew how many units I was putting out. We try to average about a 0.5 to 0.6 pounds of nitrogen, elemental nitrogen units per bushel that we harvest. That's our goal. We want to be very efficient. Right. And so, Damien, this, we went ahead and done exactly like they paid us to do. They was paying us to do the research for them. And, um, you know, they, they didn't like paying us and we're giving them a negative response the first two years, but, but that's what they wanted. They didn't, they would not release it to the public, wouldn't even consider it till they knew they had something that would work. Sure. So I commend them on that. Um, so this year in 2021, we had a, um, uh, nine bushel yield increase where it was used at. Then they had us do a reduced nitrogen rate. And this is where it gets interesting. So we cut back 10 gallons an acre of our nitrogen that we put out, our 24S product, which is 24% nitrogen. And we had a 12 bushel yield increase. Our biggest yield increase was when we cut it back. And so I've talked to some of them. Well, I wanted to know why I seen this. You know, is this what you're seeing? And they're actually seeing it more across the board. And it's it's got to do with it's easier on the biological life with that lower nitrogen amount. And it's letting the plant up take it easier. So to answer the question, absolutely on nitrogen, we're gonna to have to pay that high price. I hate to say it for the actual raw ingredient, the product. Yeah. But you know, for $10, $20 acre, I'm not sure what they're going to sell this product for. I don't have them numbers, but I'm going to guess in that $10 to $20 acre range. Um, you can cut back 10 gallons or so. You can reduce. Now, now you can't grow a crop with just this product alone. It ain't no. going to happen. No, but you can, you're saying we can spend a little bit of money on this and it's going to allow us to take a whole bunch of nitrogen pounds units off. And so if it's 10 bucks, whatever for this product, are we saving a hundred bucks of nitrogen? I don't know. I haven't done the math. I'll be quite honest with you, but I would say you could probably save 40 to $50 an acre. On, okay. Uh, just and, and we're not going to be short and we're not, and we're not shortchanging the crop. No, no, sir. No, we did tissue samples and we watched the nitrate levels in the plants and we made sure that we was not going in de in deficit because and if we do, we're going to show that at Extreme Ag. We're going to show, you know, if it was a good for the plant or bad for the plant. And um, so we got that product. And then, um, so that's that's our nitrogen. And then our phosphorus is another situation. We've been playing with a product called NutriCharge. It kind of helps enhance the phosphorus uptake of the plants. And I will tell you, uh, you know, if you're a member and go to Extreme Ag, you can see, you'll be able to see the yield responses we got there. Pretty daggone interesting. Every single test, it showed a positive return. 
That's using NutriCharge. That was put in furrow in your uh, planning with your corn planter. And so yeah. the idea there is that's allowing us to utilize less, less uh, P or less K? Yeah, less phosphorus. P. Less phosphorus, okay. yeah. Okay, so we got alternatives what you're telling me. And so a lot of folks that are saying, man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, we're not going to make any money because of the high price of fertility. And we're offering fertility alternatives in the face of, of uh, uh, availability and higher prices. And you're giving me all these other things. What about um, litter? I know that our, our friend, Matt yeah. Miles, co-founder of Extreme Ag, Matt Miles talks a lot about using litter. He's down there in Arkansas. There's chickens on every corner. Uh, are you using any of that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're actually, um, gosh, I wish you'd come on by. We're cleaning some houses out today. I love the smell of it. I love the smell of it. Burns my eyes. Just perfect. Yeah. Just perfect. It just clears the sinuses right. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yes, we use, um, so on our standard, we use layer litter. So, you know, that's, uh, you got brawlers, which is the little chicks and then, and their meat and then, uh, the layers. And, um, so there's a difference in chicken crap based on yes. whether they're whether they're what big type of chicken it is yes sir. okay so if it's a, if it's a layer meaning it's a bird that's in there making eggs so we can go to the store and get eggs and then broilers are obviously we're taking them from chicks to, mm-hmm. up to to butcher in 43 yeah. days what's the difference in the manure uh the it's a more of a higher calcium concentrate on the layer litter and then your nitrogen and your phosphorus numbers will be different so it's it's really good. And also the the grower you're growing for. So let's say you're growing with Purdue versus um, Tyson, for yep. example, uh, some of your big brands. Each one of them's got different diets that they have for their, their birds because obviously Purdue's got a better bird than Tyson and Tyson's got a better bird than Purdue. Just ask each one of them. Just ask them, right. Yeah. And so, uh, so they – that makes a big difference in the litter. So you really need to get it tested. We send it to the labs and um, have the litter tested so we know what we're putting out there for these crops. Um, traditional yielding crops will run two tons. Um, you know, when I say traditional, that's a non-irrigated area without irrigation, just dry land farming. But now when we go to our irrigated, where we're pulling off huge amounts of yield compared to some of the non-irrigated areas, you know, we may go up to four tons per acre on that. And um, we we typically like putting it out into a growing cover crop. And the reason we do that is um, oh, it's good for the environment, uh, number one, you know. And so, number two is, yeah, go ahead. Well, okay, so I want to make sure I get this real quick. Yeah, I want to hear your reasons of why you like to do it. So first off, chicken litter. I remember hearing about it 10, 20 years ago, and I thought, this is great. As long as you got chickens around, uh, it's, it's a great thing to do. I've also heard that more producers started dipping their foot into using chicken litter this year because of fertility prices. Is chicken litter less available and more expensive now because of that? Uh, it will be. I'm sure it will be in areas. In our area right now, Damien, we're not seeing that. We've got so many poultry houses and so little farmland. Um what we do, we clean the houses out for the litter. And, okay. uh, but we, we would love to have more. I'd love for every acre I farm just to be using poultry litter, but it's just not possible right now to get that much on the acre. So you're not, farm. you're not having to buy it off of, you're not, you're just paying someone to truck it in. You go and do the trucking and then you get it. That is correct, sir. Yeah. We actually haul it to the area that we're going to spread it and then we spread it right in. 
you put two to four tons per acre on, and then do you see a bump in actual organic matter? I mean, I know that we get yeah. we get the we we mostly get nitrogen out of it, right? Yep. It's yeah, the ammonia. It's the ammonia smell that makes you burn your eyes. And that's if it's wet. If so, if the farmer, if the if the poultry farmer does a really good job and looks after his waters and his, looks after the see the chickens like to get up there and they'll play with the waters and they'll they'll drip water all day long and and of course that runs their power bill up because the well pump's running and they have a lot more water bill. But if the grower does a really good job and keeps those uh, houses dry under the slats, which the birds can't get under the slats, it's, right. it's just where their, their poop goes. And um, if they do a good job, they don't smell. I mean, they'll have a little bit of aroma to them, but it ain't bad. And you let that stuff get wet, and Lord, that ammonia's rough. I mean, burn your it ain't good. So uh, you're, you've been using it for a long, long time. Uh, how much of your fertility is represented by chicken litter? Is it to cover, is it cover uh, half of your fertility? Yeah, we're about half, and then we rotate it around as well, and um, we're about half. Love to be all of it. Okay, to the person that's out there that says, uh, I'm, I'm looking at other fertility alternatives, I, I've got this question for you. Do you think that sometimes we've over-fertilized because it's cheap, and this year, because it's actually expensive again, we're going to get judicious and maybe more the way we should be, more actually using it? Because, you know, when, when, when stuff's cheap, we just fling it everywhere, right? Do you think that we were overusing it, and now we're going to get a little bit more efficient about our utilization of fertilizer? fertilizer? Oh, and I, I can't agree with that in our area. And the reason I say that is we're so stringent. I mean, we got the Chesapeake Bay watershed up here. Um, we're uh, we're out on the river ourselves, and we got water, you know, water intake plants everywhere from municipalities. Um, that there's somebody watching everything we do. We, I don't think farmers is the days of just throwing fertilizer out there in the last 15 years, I think that's went to the wayside. I don't, you know, and, and we do variable rate. I mean, we, a lot of people don't realize it, Damien, we saw a sample and we pull so many grids off every two and a half acres. We send that to the lab. Then we, they write up a computer program. We download that into our spreader trucks, our planters or whatnot. And everything's a science. And uh, we're only putting exactly what that crop needs and that soil type can handle. And we've got to be good stewards of the land and real good with environment. So years ago, I remember as a kid, you know, shucks, you know, as fertilizer's cheap, let's put a thousand pound acre out there and yep. grow a hundred bushel corn, you know. And yep. it's, a, I, it's a great, it's a great conversation piece to clear up with the listeners uh, that are non-ag listeners listening yep. to this podcast that, I'm glad you asked the question. I really am. That's a good one to get out and talk about. Yeah, because the reality is we're probably not overutilizing this stuff. Now, here's the thing. Uh, and Kelly uh, Garrett talked about this. Do you think that some of the biologicals and some of the increased technology, we're going to get better about using less just because we're getting, like so you said, some of the stuff you're putting out there and you can use less fertilizer, I think that's going to grow because of cost and even environmental reasons. Is that what you see? A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and you know, they, these investors, they wouldn't be putting these millions and millions of dollars into these biological companies if they didn't think the same thing. Right. Um, it's, 
It's kind of like that pivot bio, the proven product. I mean, you're you're using less and using the biology to enhance that nitrogen uptake in that plant. It's it's kind of it's it's really amazing to me that you can do that kind of stuff. You talked about fertility alternatives in the face of availability because we may not even have a stuff and cost. Uh, does this go away? You've been around for a while. You're almost 50. You just had your 49th birthday, Kevin. So you've been at this for a while. You've been farming since you were a kid. We've seen stuff before. We've seen, uh, you know, we've seen runs on this. We've seen this trendiness. We've seen, uh, does this go away two years from now? Or are we going to be saying, remember when we were worried about not being able to get stuff like fertilizer? I, I think it will. Um, if it don't, the consumer is going to be, um, they're going they're going to think $15 minimum wage is, is going to be awful cheap because mm. uh, the the cost of their food is going to be astronomical if we if we if the farmers have to maintain the input prices on the fertility the equipment the just total inputs and the labor for a couple of years it is going to go to the consumer and it is going to be devastating to the economy in yeah. my opinion um you just can't sustain it. Now, do I think it'll go back? All I can speak on is history that I've experienced. Um, you know, I remember buying, you know, 30% nitrogen at, um, you know, $50 a ton, 45, 50, $60 a ton. And, and it jumped to $150 a ton one year. And we thought that was the end. That was just the end of it. They were not <laughs> right. you know, and, and a few years it come back down into the seventies and eighties, never got back down to the fifties. So I think it'll come back down, but I don't know that it'll ever get back as low as it once was, but who you don't ever know. Right. Fertility alternatives in the face of availability and cost with uh, Kevin Matthews. Any last thoughts, anything that we didn't talk about that we should have in terms of you just explained that you were in Alabama a couple weeks ago and a guy that's even our age that like you gave him a couple of alternatives on, Hey, you know, just because fertilizer is really expensive. doesn't mean you couldn't try this, this, or this and pare down that expense. And you said it was like, you just uh, turn on a light switch for them. Is there anything else that maybe your light switches that some folks maybe had turned on for them? Well, you know, the big, the biggest thing is if you're not involved in a good group, you, you know, I would encourage you to join extreme ag dot farm. Um, there's so much information behind the paywall to see uh, as a member. And we put a lot out there public, but um, the the real nuts and bolts come in there. And then the ability, you know, if you got a question, you can email email us guys, and we we can try to help you in some way. So yeah, the point is, um, dear listener and viewer, there there there's going to be challenges right now because we know the input prices are up. We know that, but there's that doesn't mean you just have to take it. It means that there are alternatives that you can, there's some workarounds. And if you're always going to the same sounding board, if you're always going to the same people at the coffee shop that you hang around with, uh, hey, you, know, up for a lot. you could also maybe help yourself by listening to what we're doing here because it ain't the same coffee shop talk. It's a little bit of, no, you know what? Here's an alternative that you can actually use to improve your bottom line. And that's what you're talking about, right, Kevin? That's right. When it looks bad, look for something bright. 
<laughs> and you got bright people right here. All right, we talked about fertility alternatives in the face of availability and cost issues impacting you heading into 2022. Uh, if you'd like to learn more, as Kevin said, go to Extreme Ag. That's X T R E M E Ag. Not farm, and you can see all sorts of past episodes that I've done, all sorts of product trials and information that guys like Kevin and the other uh, founders of Extreme Ag are doing. Uh, share this with your ag and non-ag friends, and let us know if we can do anything for you. My name is Damian Mason. His name. Kevin Matthews. Till next time. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Till next time, it's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions.